after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Ah. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. It's from a Snickers commercial. Have you seen it? I don't know. I I didn't. That wasn't enough. I couldn't win a radio contest by identifying that. I was just flipping around looking for a funny little clip of tape to use at the top of the show, and I came across a Snickers commercial relatively, like, of the modern era. I don't know if it was made last year or when, but... Uh, you see some newscasters, and the there's like an official introduction to the news, and then the first newscaster makes that sound. Then he tosses it to Tony, and then Tony at the sports desk goes, hey, and then they cut inside the control room. The person hasn't had a Snickers, so they've fallen asleep on the, uh, uh, the it's teleprompter. A, it's a teleprompter. And on the A button. Yeah, it's a teleprompter bit. I don't know if that was the best <laughs> way to start the show, but I thought it was a pretty clever commercial, and I wanted to share it with you. Uh, so let's see. My name's Andrew Walsh. Genevieve has us here. We're your hosts. Really, Vives is your host today. What's coming up on the show? Well, uh, after you had such a negative reaction to the Bud Light campaign for bringing water to people uh, in hurricane-struck environments, I thought we could look at other campaigns that are, that are kind of based around corporate social responsibility and see who's doing it well. Yeah, that sounds good. Because again, it's not that I have any issue with the good deed that Budweiser did. It's I think the, the commercial, talking about it. the way they present it, like they're these just these just quiet heroes, is just really galling. Um, yet, like I said, I, I think that I have seen some companies. I couldn't think of any that came to mind immediately, but I swear I've seen other companies kind of tout their good deeds without being gross about it. So I look forward to uh, hearing what you came up with. Yeah, I got a few here. And really, and, and the other reason I was kind of interested in this is that there's a commercial that's really been, um, I've been almost fixated on it. Like I think about it when I'm not watching it, the the music from it gets stuck in my head. I know what you're talking and about. It, it, and it's changed some of my consumption patterns so so okay. we can get into that okay so we'll talk about that in a second plus we are going to check in with the ad council as we do every day that's you guys you're the ad council and um uh i saw that we have a actual physical piece of mail that was delivered yes by my cohort luke burbank he brought a he brought a plastic bag and said a listener dropped this off or, or had the scent or dropped this off at my place this is good news for you by the way i think Luke's address is much more findable than ours, so people send news. stuff to him. Yep. So keep um, at it, folks. I believe it's from listener Michael. So we'll open up that and find out what you guys are talking about as well. But should we just uh, dig in with this? Uh, it's CSR, right? Corporate social responsibility. Yeah, that's the term that I certainly was, you know, taught when I was working in kind of more of like a marketing firm. There probably are a million variations on that too. As as social media has been has has risen and as uh you know various th thought schools of thought and and theories of advertising and marketing have evolved like i'm i'm not sure in other words that i have the absolute current terms but csr would be recognizable to most marketing people well it's certainly a sexy way of putting it yes yeah, csr let's get into it csr miami <laughs> csr new orleans csr levi's <laughs> i am responsible i always follow through with what i said i'm gonna do i am dependable i hold myself nightmare of a song I found. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's great. It's called Have Fun. It's from like some sort of uh, YouTube channel called Have Fun Teaching. I love it. It's right on the money. If I mess up, I will always mess up. I will keep my head up. I'm never gonna give up. It is my duty and responsibility to follow through. You can count on me to do what I say that I'm gonna do. Uh, I like how no word is sacrificed <laughs> for meter. I know. 
Is it is scansion the word I'm looking for? I think so. Yeah, they need some of that. Yeah. Uh, so are we going to start with you? I mean, I cannot. Can you just hit play on this ad that I love so much? Yeah, I mean, it's all visual. It's so all visual. It's, it's, it's music, not going to mean but anything. the music is great. I'll talk about it. You can you can bring anyway. the music down, but just listen to this. Listen you to are, this jam. You are obsessed. I'm Every obsessed. time this commercial comes on, I know that we're going to have a conversation I know. about it's, this commercial. It's a commercial for Levi's. And it comes on a lot. So, I love this song. It's by um, an artist. Jane, J-A-I-N. Jane. Uh, and it's for, it's for Levi's. And there's a, this is like the 30-second version. There are, there's like a two-minute version that's a much longer version of this video. But it's people from all different cultures um, having like um, these amazing dance parties. And they tend to be like, in almost every case, it's a dance that's happening in a circle where someone's dancing, where like a circle of people are dancing and someone kind of dances into the middle. You see people in Arab dress. You see people in, you know, Orthodox or Hasidic Jewish uh, clothing. It looks like they're at a wedding. It's like there's a party full of mostly African-Americans. And this one, it opens with this very um, striking looking older black woman, like parting the crowd and like dancing into the middle of the crowd. There's like really cute kids doing all kind of like, like a little kid doing a like pop and lock. And it's just... One of the, and there's like you know young beautiful people. There's a lot of a lot of good looking butts in this ad. I would I will also well, say. well, it's a Levi's commercial. I mean yeah. that is one thing that I mean I'm not even saying that. I mean that is one thing that they've kind of consistently the Levi's brand has done for a really long time now. Yeah. It's just kind of like I mean I guess that's kind of obvious, but not every jean company does that. It's just delightful. It's so visually stunning. I think the music's amazing. And then the the slogan at the end is like, uh, I think it says like men, women, gay, black, straight, like it sort of lists a bunch of identities. And that says like, let's dance like we live or live like we dance. Um, And so it's this incredible message, I think of inclusivity. And I watching it, you wouldn't necessarily think this is about something that they do for charity. It really does read as just a really great jeans ad, right? I didn't know it had anything to do with any kind of corporate responsibility until you mentioned that this was going to be a jumping off point for today. So did you just learn this too? Or did every time you saw this, did you know it was nodding at something bigger? Well, I didn't know that it was nodding at, at actual donations of money, but it was very clear to me that they were doing this deliberately inclusive message. I mean, it's inclusive um, beyond what you would have to do. To it's not, it's not, It's beyond just sort of a feel-good inclusiveness. Like, it's a really... Um, it's not like the Kendall Jenner Pepsi exactly. ad where it's like all these young, they're all young mm-hmm. and they're all super beautiful, but you kind of just check a bunch of boxes. This seems more like because of the age differences yeah. and just body types and just like it, it's... It seems real. Yeah. It seems actually to to truly be saying our genes are for everybody. Um, and that song, Makaba, I don't know very much about the artist. I know that they're French and I don't know what the music, what the lyrics mean. Um, but apparently Levi's has donated a million dollars in grants to organizations that protect uh, civil liberties of highly vulnerable communities across the U.S. and abroad as part of this um, mm. this broader effort. So that's not something, you know, there there are a lot of safe charities that you can do. There are a lot of like sort of, uh, there, there are things you can give to that like no one can object to and no one would have a problem with. And I I think that this commercial for a brand like Levi's too, that's like been around forever. And in some ways kind of, I think for a while was sort of like the dad gene, you know, like a little, or not, maybe not the dad gene, but just sort of like the suburban gene. Mm -hmm. They're really, um, taking the brand, I think to a much more interesting place with that. And I'm currently wearing Levi's. Um, and when I put them on, I think of this ad, like that's how powerful that is to me. So I'm glad you're starting with that one because you started the conversation by kind of comparing it to the Budweiser. Now, one is trying to emphasize one very specific thing, which is relief efforts as opposed to fighting for equality, which is a little bit more – it's harder to kind of wrap your head around. It's less concrete. Um, But if we're going to compare good and bad, you have the one where it's kind of like, look at what – Again, kind of quiet heroes we are over here, spending $5 million just to broadcast this thing. Um, whereas we, you and I have watched the Circles ad. I don't 
I don't love it the way you love it. I mean, I swear you would leave me for this commercial <laughs> as possible. Um, but I do, I get it. I mean, I completely get it. You and I have seen it a million times, talked about it a thousand times, never even knew that they were trying to trying to do something bigger than sell jeans with it. Yeah. I, and they are, but it's very subtle. You have to go kind of digging for it. Um, but I think that it does enough with the ad to send it. The ad connects to the idea that they're celebrating with their charitable giving without having to have a little, you know, some fine print at the end saying, and by the way, we give money to causes that empower people in mm-hmm. underserved communities. Yeah. Um, so I I give them an A plus for this ad. I think it would be a great ad if they hadn't if it hadn't been tied to a CSR campaign, I'm really happy to hear that it is. When we first started this show, when we were just two wild-eyed kids mm-hmm. with a dream yeah. and a microphone. And some extra time. Um, we said we were going to put our favorite commercials into a commercial hall of fame. Right. Right. That was three years ago. <laughs> well, so far, there are three, only two commercials two, two in that. It's a. We've spent a lot of money to buy this giant piece of real estate. Yeah. Uh, this giant hall of fame. Very and there expensive. are only two commercials clanking around, and they're one from me. Yeah. Which I think was and from I the Humane the tic- Society Honestly, in LA. I think the ticket sales reflect uh, our lack of content there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, we're I think not we selling should, a lot of tickets. I think we should, um, maybe we're not doing a Hall of Fame segment right now, but I think we should just add that to the Hall of Fame. I think we should officially list that as a, a Hall of Fame. Okay. So now it's three. So the next time we talk about the Hall of Fame, we will remember <laughs> that there's three in there. That's right. And I will, because you don't want to just like, you don't want the Hall of Fame imprimatur right. to be meaningless if no, you're just throwing everything you don't want to you want to don't want to dilute that brand but yeah <laughs> there is a chance if there's that one we thing we been... know it's how to do good branding because we do a show about it there is a chance that we have been slightly too withholding well we'll see maybe too critical we'll see maybe raise too high of a bar to get into the hall of fame so we now have three in there and I'm maybe still, i'm still not letting sammy hagar in <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Pete Rose. Um, all right. So is that a big thing? Is it Sammy Hagar can't get into the Rock Hall? No, I, I think I made that up. Or I, I, it just it struck me as something that would be funny if true. Pete, Ro- <laughs> Pete Rose is true. Pete Rose definitely not in the yeah. Rock Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what's your next corporate responsibility, Ed? Well, this is another one that I like, um, and it's much more explicit in the ad what, the, what their corporate uh, campaign or what their social responsibility campaign is. This is for Dawn, Dish Soap. Um, Don, as many people probably know, is, uh, really any dish soap can be used to, um, help clean off animals that get injured or, you know, coated by oil and oil spills, right? And when big oil spills happen, you need a lot of dish soap to like get the oil, to get the oil into one place and clean it up, get it off the animals and clean them up. Um, and we kind of all first learned this, I think like years and years ago after the Exxon Valdez oil spill, which is kind of the first one that I think most Americans were really aware of. Oh, definitely for me. I was also pretty, that happened in the eighties or nineties, you know, 80, uh, 89. Okay. Yeah. I think that's pretty young. Um, so this is a, so this is, so Don's really, I kind of attached their brand to this idea that they are very gentle on animals and by extension, so they do something good for the environment. They donate when, when there's oil spills, but, you know, it's also a, it's a great endorsement of their product, right? That they're strong enough to get off crude oil, but also, mm-hmm. like, safe enough for a duckling. Mm-hmm. Why don't you play this one? Strong enough for a man made for a duckling. Well, honestly, the, the, there's, a, <laughs> there's a New York Times article about this called Tough on Crude Oil, Soft on Ducklings. <laughs> right, let's take a listen. To help save wildlife affected by oil spills, rescue workers have opened up a lot of Dawn. You're they seeing them it because it's tough on clean grease. off a little duckling, a penguin. Dawn helps open. And now a bunch of like, you know, animal carriers are being opened and wildlife um, uh, is wow. running out onto the beach, into the water. You've got some, a bunch of, what are those, seals? Looks like seals to me. Can make a big difference. I'm not surprised that one of your commercials has uh, birds in it. Yeah. You're a little bird focused these days. I'm very bird focused these days, but it is really cute seeing little the little penguin getting his wing cleaned off and the duckling, which they when they pick it up is like, I don't know how they got such great footage, but it's like it's oil, this oil drenched duckling. I mean, it's like really, you know, 
endangered when you when you see it. This is something really interesting about the Don history of being uh, associated with cleanups from oil spills. In 1978, so 10 years plus before Exxon Valdez, um, Alice Berkner, who is the founder of the International Bird Rescue Research Center, uh, which helps birds harmed by oil spills, um, got a grant from Chevron, <laughs> the oil company, to test all major dish soaps for cleaning birds. Because I guess Chevron was like, it's gonna it's happen. Almost certainly gonna be. Have you seen to know who we got driving these ships? <laughs> well, that was Exxon, but yes. Um, and she said the one that worked better than anything else was Dawn, that cut the oil faster than any any other brand. Um, so the organization then formed Dawn's parent company, Procter and Gamble, um, and they initially ignored the request to donate cases of the product, but they agreed to ten years later. It took them ten years late, ten years to agree to just donate some friggin' dish soap. What? Uh, yeah, I think, and so this is according to PNG. Uh, the statement was that was because Dawn had made its debut only in 1973, so five years prior. In these early stages, it was important for Dawn to solidify its fundamentals before pursuing opportunities the brand felt passionate about. Yeah, dude, you seem to dude, feel very passionate dude, about it. Get a better, get a better writer. Oh my god! I, I, I encourage. I'm sure that was that guy's probably long it, dead. It is funny to think that the company is that young, or to think about the company when it was that young. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. Yeah, we're used to companies like popping up now and just being like, you know, Uber didn't exist two years ago. Now we all know about it. not two years ago, but you know what I mean. Like Uber is brand new, but now we all know it. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. like some, even a brand like Untuck It or Squarespace or something. But we don't these legacy products like Dawn and things like right. that. You, you didn't just Procter and Gamble. P&G didn't just yeah. be like take a flyer on a dish soap. Um, so anyway, when the Exxon Valdez spill happened, which was in ninety in eighty eighty nine, so a year after they agreed to start donating soap, um, volunteers used Dawn on crude covered birds, and the brand figured prominently in media. And I remember that um, as it ha- and it has is in all animal rescue coverage since then. Um, and they donate about a hundred thousand dollars annually, which frankly isn't that much. I will say that you, you said we all know that they use dish soap like, you know, just whatever. Oh, oh, I almost said over the counter dish soap as opposed to prescription dish soap. Uh, by the way, if there was prescription dish soap, I would probably buy it. But yeah. um, I I mean, I was aware of it. But this campaign and campaigns like it really, I think, Maybe get the credit like- for implanting the idea in my head of d- dirty ducks get the dawn yeah no they've done an amazing job i i wonder if dawn is i don't know where they rank in terms of um dish soap purchases in america but wouldn't you think they'd be the number one i mean they're the best can you think of a better known dish soap um no i think yeah we probably have dawn underneath our sink right now i was at rei this weekend and you know how like dish soap is all like it's all watered down when when you get it now and you use it and you use like you know however much you need to get your soap spongy so sponge soapy sorry um but they they sell for camping like super super concentrated stuff that has no water in it because you don't want to be carrying a bunch of water that you don't need maybe you'd like some of that what is it almost a paste no it's just liquid but it's just you only need you literally need like a drop oh uh, what i want now if we're just going to talk about it is yeah welcome to soap talk when we're in mexico and we were renting like a condo they had some sort of like a paste you would oh, and oh yeah it, it was like a, a you know a Mexican brand I think or certainly a some Spanish language brand and you would um you would open it up almost like like Noxima or mm-hmm. something and then you would kind of scoop out some and it was gritty I love that stuff don't know the name of it but have been chasing that that clean dragon for years now okay good, um, good talk good talk. All right. Well, I got one more here that I think has been a successful uh, corporate social responsibility campaign. Um, it's not so much a television commercial, but I was aware of it before I started doing the research today, and I thought it was worth talking a little bit about. Um, this is Cards Against Humanity, um, and it's the most political. I mean, it's overtly political. Um, around the time, around right after Trump got elected um, and in time for sort of the Christmas uh, shopping season last year, Cards Against Humanity. And are people familiar with that? Like, do I need to explain why that, what that yeah, is? Yeah, you know, I've never played it before. It's kind of this um, very sarcastic game that you play at parties or whatever. But it's and, basically like apples to apples, right? right? But I mean, I think more people know it. I mean, that's kind of like saying, 
Oh, I thought that was a more well-known game. I don't know. I don't think in this day and age, apples to apples is, but that's what you and I know. A- anyway, yeah. I mean, what you 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 take cards and you find funny ways to link um, descriptors with various pop culture references, okay. right? Yeah, that's a great description. Thank you. I'm um, not you're usually good at those. So, Cards Against Humanity. You know, speaking of new products that didn't exist ten years ago, um, you know, they're this kind of startupy, internety product um and they're you know it's a bunch of probably millennials and and people like us liberals like us uh and they were incensed by the wall i think they also saw a good marketing opportunity so they did this thing called uh cars against humanity saves america and they on uh at some point in december on, on one day they let everybody up to a certain number of people anyone who was who was who could get in spend 15 dollars to invest or to be part owner of some plot of land that they bought, some just scrub land that's along the Mexico-U.S. border. And their idea is now they have this plot of land and they've hired a law firm and they will use every trick in the book to try to prevent, you know, to try to prevent the government, if it should ever come to that, from using their land to build the wall. Now, probably the government can just use eminent domain and squash Mm -hmm. them. And even if not, like, presumably they would just, I don't know what, I think there are probably some other, I don't think it's in other words, I don't think this is a foolproof way of stopping a wall. There will never be a wall, just practically speaking, like, there's never going to be a wall. Um, But I thought- Well, we're not paying for it. (laughs) Right. Um, But I do think it was kind of an interesting thing. I mean, like, it, it was, it's a great $15 protest, right? Yeah. I'm um, looking at the I'm looking at the web copy now. It looks like they've updated it a little bit, but I see I don't want to steal your thunder, but it's making me laugh looking at the Did you get this directly from their website or from an article about it? Um the article the website is pretty blunt. It says it's 2017 and the government is being run by a toilet. <laughs> um we have no choice. Cards Against Humanity is going to save America. There's no time for questions. Now is the time to act. You give us $15, we'll send 6 America saving surprises right to your doorstep. And there were some other ones like they built a trebuchet to make fun of, you know, it's sort of like yeah. a thing that like throws a big it's like an old feudal like tongue. a catapult. It's like a catapult, but it's like a slightly different um, but their their point being, walls stopped being an effective mode of security around the time gunpowder was invented. Yeah, right. So why don't we build a trebuchet to like make fun <laughs> of how stupid a wall is? So anyway, I just think it's a good political uh, sort of you know they just really leaned into like who who are they? Who are their customer bases? What do they believe? Like I think this comes from a really honest place, and I'm I and I. I had a good feeling about it when I when I read about it. I tried to spend my fifteen dollars, and I was already way too late. Like mm. they they bought up all that plot like instantly. Yeah, huh? There's a little. Photo they probably document. still could use money for the, the lawyers' fees. Yeah, I think you know who knows. They may actually one day need a lawyer's fee, but um, again, I don't think the wall is ever going to get built. There's a little faux documentary about it that kind of explains what the project is, but it's set far in the future, so it's all in the past tense. Mm. Do you want to give that a little bit of a play? Oh, yeah. So they're in showing... The part of the 21st century. Like, sort of Donald terrible Trump stuff, like Jimmy Fallon ruffling Trump's hair, the, the Nazi States. marchers in Charlottesville. The American empire was in decline. After decades of global supremacy, the people had become lazy and stupid and if you if you kick every latino out of this country then who is going to be cleaning your toilet donald trump the country seemed to be hanging kelly by a thread. Uh, but then a small that was a uh, kelly from uh kelly osborne kelly yeah. osborne i was gonna say kelly black sabbath i'm not even joking <laughs> that's kelly black you know that's kelly uh kelly black sabbath seemed to be hanging by a thread but then a small card game company from Chicago, Illinois, known as Cards Against Humanity, launched a bold campaign to save America. These scrappy comedy writers would come to be hailed as saviors by the American people. They stopped Trump's border wall, solved the problem of fake news, and ended the creeping scourge of homework. The struggle was real. <laughs> you have this Things very elderly guy worse. named Carter Jackson 
He's a millennial, and he's got just a white T-shirt that says avocados across it. <laughs> oh, oh, he's. A, I didn't. I kind of lost the thread for a second, right? Of course, because this takes place so far in the future yeah. that millennials are like seventy years old. It's real. Things just kept getting worse. Can I just say I like this because it's also making fun of itself. Yeah, it's, you know, it's all knowing, it's bragging a little yeah. bit, but also kind of making fun of itself. Like obviously, they're not going to change the world and get rid of homework forever. Right. And then it happened. Cards Against Humanity announced this crazy holiday marketing campaign. And it only costs $15. On the first day of the campaign, Cards Against Humanity purchased acres of land on the U.S.-Mexico border and didn't build a wall <laughs> on it. They retained a law firm to fight the United States government and prevent them from ever building the wall. Everyone who signed up for the promotion was given a small portion of the land. That way together, they owned it. The government would have to take them to court and fight in order to put up the wall. So you get the idea. Right. It doesn't, there's not a, this woman is labeled as a, as a historian. There's not a ton more there. But, yeah. you know, it, like I, I thought it was a good campaign. I thought it was um, attention-getting. Uh, it's certainly for a an idea that I believe in. I mean, I think cause is a strong word there, but I thought, you know, it's an idea that I, I strongly agree with. And I'm, I would, I would like to see more companies because there are plenty of sane people running businesses and companies, even very large ones who know perfectly well that Trump is a maniac and his agenda is horrific and they've made little signals here and there, but you know, they, they, they don't want to uh, get, they don't want to rock the boat. And I just think it would be great to see more companies standing up and saying, like, this is lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it does help that they are a comedy company. They're comedy. They're small, of course. They're, like, and They skew young. They skew young. They skew liberal. Like, you know, they're not they're not costing themselves a, a nickel by doing this. If anything, I'm sure it, 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 you know, generated revenue for them. But there's no reason that every company couldn't take this basic stance. I mean, they don't have to do it in a jokey way. Right. Um, but that is how I think you do it right. But then then there's how you do it wrong. Um, and you already mentioned the Pepsi uh, Kendall Jenner ad. Yeah. I might have said Kylie, but I meant Kendall. Yeah, it's really hard to tell them apart, to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, is Kylie pregnant or not? I think she just had a baby. She had a baby. I thought something. it was a big secret about whether or not she was pregnant. Yeah, I think it was. And then she did have a baby. But now it's unclear if it was a hoax baby. I'm a, little, uh, I'm a little fuzzy. Hey, Veeves. Yeah. Now is probably not the time to talk about this. But will you have a hoax baby with me? <laughs> sure. Thank you. Um, so so there's that one. I mean, people rightly pilloried that ad for being about diversity in no meaningful way. Like, mm -hmm. only, in name only. Mm -hmm. It was just so transparent. Um. There is another, there's another campaign. And this one, again, it, it's a little bit hard to pick an ad, find television commercials that connect directly to really disastrous CSR campaigns. But mm -hmm. Starbucks, um, I don't know if you recall the Race Together initiative. Now that you say it, I do. Yeah. So this was, I think. Oh, my God. Didn't they, <laughs> was, didn't they pick, can I, let me tell you what I think it was and you correct me. Didn't, did they pick one specific day or maybe a day of the week during this campaign where they wanted to encourage, they put something on their cups to try to encourage people to talk to each other and their baristas about race relations? Yeah, and I don't think it was a specific specific day of the week or anything. It was just like Howard Schultz uh, said, hey, and Howard Schultz's heart is in the right place. Let me be clear. Like, yes. I, you know, Starbucks in general is a pretty moral company. Um, more than the average, I, I would agree. say. And I, I have, a, in general, positive associations. They treat their workers very well. They, um, you know, benefits and all that stuff. Like all the ways that you would want a corporation to um, operate and to treat its employees. This stood, was, up to, stood up to those gun nuts, I think, right? The gun they nuts They said no were, guns in yeah, Starbucks, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I don't, this is just a gentle, this is gently laughing at um, a misguided oh, idea. Oh, this was so misguided, But it was though. very misguided. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Howard Schultz had this idea uh, to get customers talking about race relations in the in the country. Um, they were going to have 
all the baristas write uh, race together on the coffee cups, and then you have like a little com- mini convo with the barista. With right? the barista, I, mean, I guess. And it was else, so ill, like it didn't even make sense. If, the, if nothing logistically, else, you're making the lines longer for people who just need to get their coffee and go to work. Well, you know what? I can never say it as well as John Oliver said it. So why don't you play his bit about okay. this? Does he make that point too about the oh, longer yes. lines? Okay, I. Well, me and John Oliver, we have a lot in common. Uh, to Starbucks, the acoustic Alanis Morissette album with a coffee house wrapped around it. <laughs> this week, Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz unveiled a bold new initiative to his employees. What if we were to write Race Together on every Starbucks cup and that facilitated a conversation between you and our customers? And if a customer asks you what this is, try and engage in the discussion that we have problems in this country with regard to race and racial inequality. See, I didn't remember that that video that um, John Oliver is uh, playing a clip of there. That's Schultz not talking to us, the customers, but talking to all of his employees. You know, I think they call them partners. Of employees but yeah. around the. You can tell he's like kind of in a in a Starbucks break room. You can see some uh, Starbucks like aprons hanging behind him. Anyway, my point is, can you just imagine going to work and the your like regional manager is like, all right, sit down, everybody. We have a new thing, and they yeah. they hit play on this thing, and you're can you imagine like you want me to what the. F- you're like, all the healthcare in the world isn't worth this shit. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear no one has said no to this guy in 25 years. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. A conversation about race is clearly important, but there's a time and a place, and it is not the length of time it takes to whip up a tiramisu frappuccino. <laughs> but still, let's give Howard Schultz credit. He did start a conversation across the racial divide with a white billionaire pitching an idea and any number of African-American customers telling him how stupid it was. (laughs) Not sure what Starbucks was thinking. I don't have time to explain 400 years of oppression to you and still make my train. (laughs) That uh, systemic change is going to happen by talking to your barista at Starbucks. He's right about that. Because think about it. Best case scenario, you get a heartfelt conversation about race going, only to have it justifiably interrupted by someone screaming, can we solve racism later? I'm late for fucking work. (laughs) And, And the problems didn't stop there. Because Starbucks wound up having some conversations about race that it probably hadn't anticipated. Some critics say the company's executive team likes diversity. Many people put up a link to the company's website actually featuring pictures of mostly white, Uh, mostly male leadership. The Race Together campaign is taking a lot of flack online, with many people bashing the company on Twitter, including some questioning why Starbucks promotional photos only included white hands. How's that conversation on race going, Starbucks? <laughs> Should we end it there? Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I could keep going on that, but I feel like at a certain point we oh, have actually, to just tell you... people to watch the John Oliver show. I take it back. Finish. Let me finish All it because right. there's an interesting little coda. Not interesting, I guess. There's <laughs> okay. a coda. Okay. Lots of fun, right? What if this could be every morning? But, but it, it was what happened as a result of that backlash that shows you just how unprepared Starbucks really was for this conversation. Starbucks' own VP of Communications temporarily deleting his Twitter account under an avalanche of criticism, saying he felt personally attacked in a cascade of negativity. Okay, end of conversation, I guess, everyone. Good talk, good talk, people. Let's try Starbucks. I guess now at least you can go back to doing what you do best, burning coffee and glaring at us for using your bathrooms without buying anything. Just stay in your lane. So that VP of communications that... Who deleted his account because he couldn't take the criticism? Because he couldn't take the heat. As, uh, he, was like the, he was like a very senior executive at the PR firm where I worked when I first moved out here. Oh, really? Yeah, and he left you know to take that big job at starbucks oh interesting so he was he was um he was an internal pr guy for starbucks when all that happened well i don't think they were a client but they, he just got a job with them because yeah, he like probably that's was, what i mean like when this thing aired oh, he, yeah. was, he was their internal guy wow uh, i had totally forgotten about that yes uh, good times um so nuclear energy and westinghouse in particular which is a nuclear energy provider um, has had a, a long and illustrious history 
of greenwashing, mm-hmm. where they try to um, tell you how clean, safe, and reliable. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of when you first moved out here, I knew I was friends with someone uh, when I first moved out here who had used to work, who used to work for like the Nuclear Energy Council or something. I don't he think was, it was in DC and he worked for a PR firm that handled the nuclear. Yeah, and I don't, and I'm, trade, I misremember. It was like their trade organization. Yeah. It wasn't a specific energy company, but their tagline, and he would always say it half jokingly and half, I think, truly believing it, uh, clean, safe, and reliable. Yeah. Um, or, or, I mean, I, I felt like he always said that as just kind of a way of being like, yep, I'll, I'll say anything. Yeah, I I'm guess a shell. So. I'm a shell. Well, um, Westinghouse has a long history of uh, greenwashing, of, of trying to hold themselves out as a, a greener alternative to, and, you know, you can make an argument for nuclear being cleaner than coal yeah. until right. shit goes wrong, Right. right? Um, so this is a nu- Westinghouse nuclear energy commercial from as recently as 2013, although they've been doing this kind of thing for decades. Did you know that nuclear energy is the largest source of clean air energy in the world? Oh my God. Again, you know what this sounds like. Yes. We got uh, it. I'll, I'll play. I'll play one after this. Okay. No carbon emissions and no air pollution. Just safe, clean and reliable electricity. Westinghouse Electric Company is the leader in commercial nuclear technology. And the plants we design and build don't just generate electricity. They provide cleaner air, create jobs, and help sustain the communities where they operate. Westinghouse. We are nuclear energy. This is amazing because it looks exactly like one of those things where they've just grabbed a bunch of... um, I, I don't know what you call it when it's video. It's like, st- well, stock footage, I guess, yeah. instead of stock photos. And it's exactly like um, the Viridian ads that you'll see. There's this old ABC show uh, called Better Off Ted, right? Highly recommend. Yeah. And it's just a fun, like, you know, it's it, it's just a fun sitcom. And um, they work for this huge global who knows what the hell yeah, we they do. They basically work for Procter and Gamble. Right. Uh kind of corporation and uh and they have these Viridian uh little 30 second ads for like or more like business to business little yeah. things. Um let me see if I can call up one of these videos that makes fun of this exact kind of thing. This is Viridian Dynamics competition. It makes everything better. And in these they clearly just took a bunch of stock footage and then kind of made jokes around it in this tone. Viridian Dynamics, competition. Whether it's animals or this old woman and baby fighting to the death. <laughs> competition makes us stronger. <laughs> the In music's like that the means same. Better yes. products. Pills that look like candy. Hands that can shoot lightning. And a new generation of hurricane proof dogs. <laughs> Viridian Dynamics, competition. It makes everything better. What was the one that we heard the other day that made me think of Viridian? I, th- I think it was Comcast. Oh, that's right. I think right. there was a Comcast ad that was like, it was, it, they have not evolved. We should do a whole show on this, this subgenre of advertising, right? These like, you know, Globochem. Yes. Working for you. Right, right. Wow. That Wait, hold on. After we've heard that, can we just play a, bit, a little bit of the Westinghouse one again? Listen sure. to this. Nuclear energy is the largest source of clean air energy in the world. Okay, now let's listen to this. Viridian Dynamics. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. And and what really what really makes that Westinghouse ad a total fail in terms of their corporate social responsibility is at that same time in 2013, amid worries about unemployment and continued concerns about energy sustainability, Westinghouse put a fresh face on its old claims with a brand new commercial. So that one we just heard. Um, well, the, what the commercial failed to mention was that two years earlier, Westinghouse was cited by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission <laughs> for concealing flaws in its reactor designs and submitting false information to regulators. Oh, my God. And in February 2016, another plant that uses Westinghouse reactors, uh, Indian Point, linked, leaked radioactive material into the surrounding area's groundwater. Nice. So not so clean or safe or reliable. Um, I know this is getting off of your point, but I found the um, Comcast. This is for a Comcast business uh, commercial. It's called Retail. This is so Viridian Dynamics. Yeah. Retail. Under pressure like never before. <laughs> it's connected technology that's moving companies forward fast. All the stock footage of people like writing on whiteboards, trying to figure out problems, looking pensive. Business to deliver consistent network speed across multiple locations. Retail. Plugging in Ethernet cords. (laughs) This dog has wind in its face. Every competitor 
threat, and challenge outmaneuvered. Although at the end, they do have something in there where somebody is trying on a dress in some sort of a virtual mirror where she's swiping left to see what it looks like. Get back to me when you have that virtual mirror. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, sorry to just go off on that, but it's just you hear these commercials every now and then and it's right out of Better Off Ted. Yeah, well, and and, I mean, Better Off Ted was making fun of a real thing, you know? Yeah, can I just play one more from Viridian? (laughs) Viridian Do you want to just go watch Better Off Ted? We just put one on. It's important. What does it mean in business? We have no idea. We know what wrong is. Actually, no, we don't. Because we're a successful company, not some boring ethics professor. (laughs) That got us back on point. And wrong. It means something. We just don't know what. (laughs) That sounds like a a CSR. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done interrupting now. Uh, Well, that's okay. We're actually done with the main part of the show, and it's on to the Ad Council. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind uh, What should we start with? I have literally not opened this bag since uh, Luke brought it over We've been here. sitting on it for a long time, so let's open the bag. Okay, yeah. I think, I mean, <clears throat> I think... I know one of the things in here. So a little bit of background. Okay, well, here, let me just read this. All right. Here is, um, yes, this is a note from listener Michael. And we were talking with Michael back when I had this whole, you were kind of scolding me a little bit because I was talking about how much I wanted a uh, (laughs) a Game Boy. And then listener Lauren sent me a Game Boy. And then listener Michael was like, but I had bought you a Game Boy and I was going to send it too. And then we were talking about the ethics of me accepting gifts. So uh, this is a note from uh, Michael who says... um, uh, quite a few months ago, Andrew talked about getting a Game Boy on After These Messages. I immediately bought one for him on eBay. I uh, then caught up on ATM and discovered somebody else had done that as well and had already gotten it to him. After some back and forth with Andrew, we decided... Boy, Michael really did a better job of summing this all up. I could have just jumped into this. After some back and forth with Andrew, we decided we might do a gift exchange. But we never got around to it. So I've had a box sitting on my desk with a... We never got around to it means that Michael bought us a bunch of shit and I never bought anything from Michael. Yeah. <laughs> well, how much time do I have? After somebody gets married, you have a full 12 months, right? Yeah. Okay. So I don't think it's been 12 months. Did some? Oh, did someone get married? Um, I, Michael is... Uh, I am offering Michael my hand in marriage okay. in return for this Game Boy. I should probably... Uh, it seems like about- a... Fair um, okay, so anyway, he has. Um, so I'm not going to keep on reading that because he lists what's in this, but I am going to. So yes, there is. Thank you so much. There is another. Um, there is another Game Boy in here. Let's see if the uh, if battery. This actually looks like a slightly different version because this has a um, like some sort of a, almost a not a USB connection in there. Let's hear if it makes a noise. Battery is not included. Hey, Michael. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Lauren's had batteries, man. What do you want me to say? I mean, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Sorry, Michael. No, thank you so much. That's very, very sweet. It looks like there's a card in here to you and me. Can you open that? That's probably what I should have read instead of this note to Luke. There's a very cute picture of what I assume is Michael and his family and uh, also some humans with cat heads. Can I see? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then on the back, what is, if that's not Michael and his family? Well, well, if I was, I have to say, if I found some humans with cat heads, I would ask also ask for a group photo. Uh, the back has another human with a cat head, um, and it says, "May the sweet magic of Christmas gladden your heart and fill every desire." Uh, thank you for TBTL and ATM. That's nice. Oh, I mean, so now there's another. So there, and this came with two things. So the Game Boy. Thank you very much. Um, and then this box. And so I'm gonna. I'm thinking this box is for you because Michael said that uh, he had gotten you something as well. But I can't okay. tell what it is. It's. Uh, is it in Spanish? Well, the outside of the box says Sapillo Quick Style Comb. Okay. Uh, and it is. <gasps> We talked oh, about that my motherfucker. God. I'm is sure. this the hair dryer? Is this the brush that dries your hair? I think so. I think oh because it's got it's, actually, it's got the weird chamois. It is. It dries your hair not as a blow dryer, but it's got the weird chamois. It's got the sh- it's got like um sort of like 
like Muppet fur inside of the bristles. That's a way, a good way of putting it. And I guess it's like the highly absorbent sort of chamois material. I cannot wait to try. Oh my god, out. that's so sweet! Thank you so much, it's all Michael. The, all the instruct, all the instructivos are in Espanol, um, so I cannot read to you. <laughs> it's like the cornballer. Las yes, <laughs> soy loco for las cornballer. Las ceras de micro microfibra ayudan a eliminar el 30% del de agua del cabello húmedo. What's it actually? What's the thing actually called again? The brush? What's the, the brand? I'm going to play the commercial. The P.O. Quick Style Comb. Quick Style. I don't remember how we ended up. Um, it looks like this comb is like made of Cookie Monster. It's like, the, it's like a hairbrush it. made of Cookie Monster. Um, wasn't there a commercial? Because we must have been talking about the commercial, right? I mean, it's pretty... This goody quick style comb must be the same thing. Nice. ...from soap to styled faster than ever. Meet the quick style brush only from goody. Yeah. It's like a towel and brush in one. I'm Our sure Sapio, like, got the license because it's exactly the same. For gorgeous hair and more time to flaunt it. New quick style from goody. I'm into it. That reminds me a little bit of... Um, Thank you, Michael. Yeah, anyway. This uh, is awesome. That's really thoughtful. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. But now we have to, but by Genevieve's rule, oh, no. we can't let this set an example. We can't accept gifts from people because we feel kind of bad about it. Yeah, and nobody needs to be sending us gifts um, or knowing what our address is. <laughs> but but thank thank you so much. And But mostly, you guys, thank you for listening. Um, and the best gift you could actually give us would be to uh, share this with a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or go to um, iTunes and give us a little review or some stars. Mm-hmm. I can't access iTunes because I've forgotten my Apple password. Oh, uh, are you sure it's not something like, screw you, Apple, I'm serious this time? That's what most of your passwords most are. Most of these my passwords days. are those. The, anything to do with Microsoft or, or Apple is usually some sort of like profanity laden thing with a number and a capital if letter. If you don't give me access, I'm throwing this computer yeah, out the window. That's a, good, that's a pretty good guess. <laughs> they say pick a phrase you can remember. Um, so, yeah, so I cannot personally see if you left an iTunes review, but I, but it would be good for the podcast if you did. Remember we had a guy for a while there in our first few months who was like changing <laughs> oh, and updated his review every would, day. You guys he, had a little... Uh, he got mad at me because I, like, I took, I like, got on a soapbox about some political issue and he like downgraded the review and so I like made fun of him on the show and then he was like, all right, I'm bringing it back up. I wonder, we've been on so, now we've just given up on trying to be like fair to anybody <laughs> oh, or anything. Care. So I wonder if we've lost that listener. If you're still listening though, uh, get at us actually a uh, reminder you can email us at after these messages show at gmail.com and so speaking of what have people been sending us well uh we've got a good we've got a really fun thing that you and i were dying over in the car today. oh god i meant to forward promote this at the beginning of the show this is the best thing i've ever seen this is so great this is from listener daniel thank you daniel so just to to uh, remind folks we talked about an ad for the apple ipro um, or iPad Pro, excuse me, uh, a few, I don't know, months ago or weeks ago. It's the one where the little girl is, she's a pretty cute girl. She's like out and about. She's doing her bug life, you know, blog. She's talking to her friend, signing their, their cast on, on her it's kind of the iPad. Er, it's almost like this, uh, like kind of what I think of for me personally, kind of like the urban youth dream like because yeah. I grew up in the country and here's this little girl who wakes up and she lives in the city and she's kind of I think skateboarding or biking around she town bu- using the city bus using the city bus very independent going around hanging out in coffee shops putting together this cool newspaper uh, called a bug's life or some shit like that um, yeah and so it's really cool until the very and her name's Scout I her believe I don't Scout. know how we know that but we do yeah and then at the very end we see her laying in the grass at back at her apartment or whatever and her 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 more her middle-aged neighbor leans over the fence and says hey sweetie what you, what are you doing on your computer and without missing a beat scout says what's a computer and she says it in this way and i think that's why there is so you and i had a very bad reaction to as it as did some and of then, our listeners yes and then our, our <laughs> listener and friend mike frizzell went crazy on it <laughs> to the point that i was kind of worried a yeah. little bit about like if mike was gonna go fault, off obviously. yeah uh, he he declared a fatwa on Scout. Yeah. I want to play for you just the way she says that line, though. It's a very you. She doesn't. I don't think she has an actual speaking part before this. So we just see this little girl running around town, and you really like her. Um, and then at the very end, her neighbor says, "Hey, sweetie, what you doing on your computer?" And she says, "This. What you doing on your computer?" 
what's a computer? And she doesn't even look up. Yeah. She doesn't even look up at the neighbor. It's a bad... Oh, hi, Mrs. Johnson. Oh, uh, it's funny you call it a computer. I actually, I just think of it I as my it, iPad. I call it my iPad Pro. Uh, no, it's like... No, she doesn't look up and says, what's a computer? Yeah, like... It's not... It's it, it's a bad... It was a bad decision by Apple. I get the joke that they were going for there, but they needed to execute it differently. And we weren't the only people who felt that way because as Daniel sent us, the member of the guy who made fun of all of the Ford focus group ads that, or I'm sorry, the, um, uh, he makes fun of the Chevy focus yeah. group ads that we hate. Right. Um, by a Ford focus group is a group of people who own Ford, <laughs> right. Focus. Ford focus. He's, uh, he digitally ins- has inserted himself. He's got this thick Boston accent and he's in- digitally inserted himself in those focus group ads. And he just makes fun of everything that they say and everything that the guy says. Right. So now he's, that was a kind of a big hit. I think. It, yeah. It I think it kind of launched him. And now he's doing other, if commercials were real life right. is the, is the serious. And he's inserted himself into the very end of this iPad pro. So commercial. we see, um, kind of the outside of the brownstones. And then we see the girl laying kind of, uh, in the front yard and she's her backyard or is it the backyard? And she's typing away on one her, thing about brownstones is yeah, no front. Yeah, I know. I was, yards. as I was saying, and I was like, that's not right. But anyway, um, uh, so he takes the place of the neighbor lady. Hey. Hey. What you, uh, what you doing on your computer there? What's a computer? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we're going to do it. Oh, shit, bird. Okay, so he says, that's how we're going to do it. Little shit bird. And then he walks back inside and he disappears for a second. But then he comes back out with a garden hose and starts spraying it all over her computer. The thing I'm spraying with the hose right now, that's a computer. <laughs> Oops, I'm so careless. Oh, God, did I get your computer? Oh, I mean, your, whatever you call it, fucking eye whistle or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, don't be such an asshole next time, kid. Yeah, go tell your mom the computer's broke. She'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't think it's last so hard. <laughs> that one. <laughs> go tell your She'll mom your computer's broke. <laughs> She'll know what you're talking about. That's my new favorite. That is way... Um, actually, I think... Who posted this again? Uh, uh, Daniel. And I think... Daniel might have even said I was quoting him or paraphrasing him. I think he said I wasn't too huge on the on the Chevy Focus Group. Parody, yeah, it, it wasn't. One, it was not flawless. This is pretty flawless. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So that's already uh, whatever on the you face. call it. Yeah, I whistle. <laughs> yeah, 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 go tell your mind your computer's broke. She'll <laughs> you know what you're talking about. about. <laughs> <laughs> it is the biggest f you. And I mean, you and I had a kind of a. Kind of a bad reaction the first time we talked about it said, and I think our takeaway was, what a great commercial that's ruined at the end. Yeah. But we weren't like really up in arms. Mike got really up in arms. The more I watch it, yeah. the more upset it's, I get about grating. it. It's and, uh, and knowing that this really is something that it's not just us and our crazy friend in Texas. Like, <laughs> uh, there, this is this commercial has gotten on people's nerves. It absolutely has. And, and it was a real misfire for Apple. Um, okay, this was another uh, submission on the Facebooks from a listener, Chris. And I just loved this, you know, p- periodically, either because, you know, we or a guest or a listener, like has a memory of an ad from from way back in the day, like we went through all those ads uh, with our friend Ben, who had had it on a v- VHS tape. Um, this is one that uh, Chris, Chris had posted. And this is from 1989. And I just thought it was really worth just worth a share because God, how like the fact that this technology has advanced so much in our lifetimes is amazing. This is for a cell phone from Radio Shack circa 1989. And this is the old school one, the one that comes with a big, heavy battery pack that it's, it's plugged the, into. The battery pack is about the size of one of those crank radios. Yes. Yeah. It has a handle and then it has a, a you know, a phone receiver on a law on a cord that hooks up to the battery. And the the circumstances that they show people using this, like the freedom that people have with this mobile telephone is so amazing. And it's just $799. Only, only $800. <laughs> Which granted is what you pay for an iPhone now. Go where you want to go. Call when you want to call. Get the lowest price ever at Radio Shack on the most powerful transportable cellular phone system. Just $7.99 when you sign up with Radio Shack's authorized cellular phone carrier. They advertise it, by the way, as saving $340. So it was a thousand dollar phone there's a guy in the back of a speedboat just like casually leading out yeah i like the one where there's a woman at the beach she's wearing a bikini 
Um, and she's got her big heavy battery slung over her shoulder, and she's letting her friend talk on the phone. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I remember when my family had a my dad. I think it was a car that like it was a company car. Speak of speak of speaking of outmoded ideas. I hardly know anyone with a company car anymore. Um, but my dad had a company car and it had a cell phone in it. And, you know, you it, you couldn't take it out of the car. It just went with the car. Mm-hmm. But it was like we could only use it. You know, I don't think I ever used it. It was like for emergencies. Um, and I mean, I don't even know if anyone, including my parents, understood what the billing rates would be on that thing. Astronomical, right. I have to assume. I was talking to my dad about this recently, and he was he was a pretty early adapter when it came to car phones and mm-hmm. stuff. Because my dad was always kind of, he kind of grew up in more of a car family. His uh, his dad, my grandpa, kind of, he kind of is a bootstrappy kind of story. He grew up very poor and, and kind of uh, rootless a little bit as a kid uh, during the Depression. And then, you know, started a little company and was able to buy nicer things in life. This is my grandpa I'm talking about. And the nicer things he would buy were cars. He always was getting a new car, like every couple of years. And I think my dad and his, his brother kind of were like that, too. They yeah. would lease cars. But yeah, because your always... uncle's like the vet guy now. That's right. He's got a Corvette. But even aside from that, like, they did have companies company cars for themselves and they would always upgrade them after a couple of years they liked those things and so my dad had a uh he had a car phone but then for the longest time he was pretty convinced he would never need a phone outside the car he's like where am i going to be that my car is not like i anywhere i'm going to be my car is going to be there if i need a phone i'll just go out to the car and use my phone. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> so i mean it's so funny that he in a certain way was a uh early he, adapter because like, it was related I'm, to cars but then once you take the car out of it he's like i don't need that yeah well it's like he's like well i've got the car phone and technology is never going to need to advance any further beyond right that. right i mean he's got he's got i think he's an iphone guy now um by the way just a quick thing, speaking of retro commercials, I don't know why I'm going to shout this guy out. I don't follow many people on YouTube, like sign up for YouTube channels because you just get too much junk. But I somehow stumbled on this guy. He just goes by Mark Krugman. And this, I mean, you want to talk about something that is very relevant to my specific interests. All this guy does is post a bunch of commercials and TV promos and TV kind of like ID tags specifically from the 80s and 90s and mostly from the Cleveland market. Oh, wow. That's almost like (laughs) there's there's only one person in the center of that Venn diagram. I swear to God, like... Uh, he's got me uh, making soap. He wants to start a soap company with me. And uh, and then we go in the basement and we fight. Like, I feel like I am Mark Krugman, but I just don't know it yet. Um, and also, I saw that, oh, um, there is somebody who tweets, and I don't know this listener's name. They tweet under the handle of their production company, which is, I think, Barefoot and Independent. I want to say Portland-based. I don't know. They are a listener of... Definitely of TBT on my other podcast and maybe this one. And whoever runs that account um, found a few old uh, VHS tapes from the 80s and 90s and tweeted out at me. I think I retweeted it. If not, I'll do that now uh, from the Seattle market. And it was like a Seattle sports update with uh, the the Mariner scores and some other yeah. scores, along with like some uh, like promos for news stories for news events. I love that shit, man. Somebody was somebody posted you're today. No- you're a real nostalgic guy. I am. I'm thinking about getting a VHS because somebody posted this photo of like a box of like 50 old VHS tapes and you could tell they were the kind that like you recorded shit off of the TV on them yeah. and they're like you know me and my wife or husband have just been talking we just can't keep lugging this around anymore but we don't know what to do with it because it seems weird just to throw this all in the trash I had to really uh, kind of steady my mouse finger to mm-hmm. hit reply and say well why don't you just send them to me and I'll buy a VHS <laughs> to player and figure out a way to digitize this stuff because I love I love the idea of sitting down with just a bunch of random blank uh, or you know blank well, looking video cassettes and just digging through it and seeing what gold is in there. Well, it sounds like Mark Krugman truly is your Tyler Durden. I think so. Anyway, I'm sorry again to go off on that. Uh, did you have any other uh, ad counsel? Nope, that'll do it. All right. Well, then you know what that means. It means I get to play this song. Can you tell I'm stalling? You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right. Facebook group. 
you know how to find us on Facebook. Uh, just look for After These Messages Show. And it is a private group, but we will accept you. Just uh, look for us there. It is so much fun. Uh, a lot of good conversations going on there. Don't forget, you can also, like we mentioned before, if you want to leave us a review on uh, Apple. I, Apple. What's an Apple? Yeah, uh, I whistle or whatever you call it. <laughs> if you want to leave us a review on your I whistle or whatever you call it, uh, that really would mean a lot. We, I mean, you know, it would be nice to uh, kind of expand the the circle of listeners a little bit, if possible, and that's one way uh, to do it. Uh, yeah, you can always call us at 607-444-5597. We didn't have any jingles this week. I didn't get to play my jingle jingle. Oh, no. So keep them coming, folks. Uh, we are definitely still accepting submissions, and you can always email us at after these messages show at Gmail. And I'll give the voicemail number one more time, 607-444-5597. That spells 5597. All right. Uh, every time. Same joke. Uh, anything else? We'll do it. All right. Thanks, Veeves. That's a great show. Thanks for putting it together. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, you guys. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Pakistan. Karachi poppy. Red Octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband. My eyes all droopy. I have gooey foodies.